This is the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, located at 2410 Grand Avenue in Laramie and in the Frontier Mall on Del Range in Cheyenne. The 7220sports.com kickoff show is also sponsored by Wild Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Warren's Repair and Towing, and Rocky Mountain Shirt Works. I am Cody Tucker, joined as always by Jared Newland. It's a beautiful day in the Gym City. 745 kickoff tonight, the 72nd meeting between the Wyoming Cowboys and the Utah State Aggies taking place right there across the street, Jared, at War Memorial Stadium. Always excited for this one. Excited to have the Cowboys back home. It seems like it's been absolutely forever since we've seen this team here. It does. It was October 1, and um, it's been a while. Uh, and You know, the bye weeks, I think, always make it seem longer than it actually is because yeah. we are still only in the what third and a half week of <laughs> yeah. October or whatever yeah. it is so it, but yeah two road games and the bye week just just makes it seem like and there's another bye week on the way on the horizon after Hawaii which you couldn't ask for a better week for that especially uh, leading up to the bronze boot game of course uh Jared every time the Cowboys and Aggies meet one question comes to mind for me and that is do you consider this really a rivalry game I do, just because it's the third longest series in Wyoming football history, you know, played game, yeah, and it's for a trophy. Now, is it a hatred towards Utah State? No. I don't like them, just because I think um, I sometimes they've gotten too big for their shoes, you know, or too big for their britches, however you want to yeah. use the term. I just think they've they've gotten cocky at times. For I mean, yeah, they won the league last year, but Wyoming went in there and spanked them pretty good mm-hmm. um, in a really a soft league last year, and right. the conference is soft again this year. Yep. So whoever wins it this year is always going to have an asterisk by it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think they're hateable because of their first name. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, let's be real. We're from Wyoming. We, uh, we don't like that state over there, right? you know, so – but. I kind of talked to you about this before we came on the air. I, I feel like a lot of Wyoming fans, and maybe I'm speaking for a lot of people, and I should just be speaking for myself, but we lost Utah, we lost BYU, and now this is kind of who we're left with. And it seems really manufactured, and th- maybe some old-timers from the Skyline Conference days really dislike Utah State. But for us, this game's only been played, you know, so many times in our lifetime. But it seems like losing BYU, losing Utah, and then also Utah State always seemed like the little brother in that equation as well. Now we're stuck with them. It almost feels like, well, now we've been left with Utah State, and now we're at the same level, so now we got to hate them like we hated BYU and Utah, and that's just, <laughs> not, that's just not the case right now. And it's something I think that this thing has had a few opportunities, in my opinion, to spark. Uh, 2015 comes to mind, Utah State, Matt Wells ran all over the Cowboys, ran up the score 58-27. It was ugly, absolutely hideous inside Maverick Stadium. The next year, Josh Allen and the Cowboys beat them 52-28. You would think that's a payback, but Josh was pulled at halftime. Craig Bowl could have absolutely hammered them, and they did hammer him, but they could have absolutely embarrassed them and didn't. Thought that maybe could have sparked some stuff. And then, of course, this offseason with the essential swap of Andrew Peasley coming over from Utah State, Levi Williams heading over there to Logan, uh, plus beating them the way they did last year. The Cowboys, as you mentioned, 44-17 in Logan last year. Really, they embarrassed the Aggies last year flat out. That was not a good Wyoming team. And that was your Mountain West champions, as you said. So I think there's been a few little sparks, but nothing has caught this thing on fire yet. 
Yeah, part of it is when you mentioned Matt Wells, he was one of the biggest jerks coaches <laughs> they've ever had. Yeah. I mean, be honest with you. And uh, but they, you know, they're they they're physical. We yeah. all know that, and they play dirty at times. I mean, I remember when McGuffey back in Joe Glenn era got ran into the wall. C.R. Davis. Or, Okay, I but was I, right up. I was right in the stands. I think McGuffey did too one time. Yeah. You know, and I think Joe Glenn got like forty-five yards worth of flags thrown on him after yeah, that. Yeah, and they put these pads up now on the wall. It used to be just concrete wall, yeah. and the construction of that area of the end zone is pretty scary, to be honest with you. But I think some of it is too that they they go through a lot of coaches. Wyoming up until Craig Bull went through coaches every five six years. Yeah. But Utah State, it seems like they're going through them like every two, three years. Yeah. So there hasn't been that maybe the coaching rivalry aspect of it to where they get a little bitter at each other once in a while, you know, and sure. lights lights the fire a little bit, you know. And let's let's be honest, uh, Blake Anderson's a really nice guy. He's a really likable guy. He's been through a lot, of course, with his son this past offseason. Um passing away and, and and there's a lot on there I, I encourage you to go to their twitter and check it out they uh they're really doing a lot of mental health awareness stuff and he shared his testimony and uh he's a really good dude and i think him and craig have a really good relationship and you know something that can strain these relationships too jared i would think in a hurry would be the transfer portal instead here's here's craig bowl potentially talking up to blake anderson why he should take a chance on levi williams and vice versa with andrew peasley mm-hmm. so here's the fans going what like, Utah State's quarterback's coming here, and our quarterback's going to a conference rival. Are you kidding me? Well, they're in the background going, yeah, Levi's a great guy. Yeah, so is Andrew. I think he'd be a great great uh, addition to your program. And Blake Anderson this week during his press conference said he cried when, when Andrew Peasley decided to enter the portal. And he said he had no desire to go in the portal, but when Andrew left, and he understands why Andrew left, there's a logjam. There was a logjam of quarterbacks at Utah State. Uh, but he said he cried. He loved Andrew Peasley. And, uh, you know, I, I'm doubting Craig Bull cried about losing Levi Williams, but I think that uh, he spoke highly enough of him for, for Blake to take a flyer. So it's weird. It's really weird in that era of the transfer portal, too, the stuff we don't even think about and the stuff we don't even talk about. Yeah, and, you know, you you use the word hate, and I don't I don't really – I mean, the only team that I truly hate on Wyoming's schedule is CSU. And and I, but I despise Air Force. <laughs> right, right. Um, but BYU and Utah, even though they don't play anymore, they're still so much more hateable than Utah State. Oh, oh, most definitely. But, I would even, for me personally, Nebraska is even in that mix. <laughs> See you. But you just don't. I mean, Wyoming just doesn't play them enough. They don't recruit against them directly. You know, maybe one or two kids here and there, but yeah. they just don't recruit against them. I'm looking at schools that Wyoming does directly recruit against, and that's Colorado State. And they do recruit a lot of the same players as Utah State. So that does Force. that does come into the fact factor there yep. that um, it's an important game for Wyoming to win because of the fact that they do recruit against them in so many ways. And uh, Jalen Sargent, who we haven't seen yet, we haven't seen what he can do yet, did talk to Mike Grant, wide receiver coach, about him. He's ironing, ironing out some things in practice. That's why you haven't seen him yet. Cowboys like the receivers they have, but he's from Logan High School. Took him right out of Logan, Utah. Could you imagine if a kid was on the Utah State team right now that was from Laramie High School? Uh, and Frank Crum was almost that guy. Frank was heavily recruited by Utah State and CSU. So 
uh, made a good decision there. But, uh, you know, we were talking about traveling trophies a lot before we came on and whether you need to have that hate. And, of course, getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, Wyoming, of course, travels to the islands next week. Uh, they play for the Paniolo Trophy, which, uh, you know, if you told somebody from, you know, Georgia that Wyoming and Hawaii have a traveling trophy, they would say, you're out of your mind. <laughs> uh, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> but it is a cool trophy, and there is cowboy culture on the island. So, Jared, you looked up some, some stuff, and, and I think after looking at this, we've decided that you don't necessarily have to hate that team, but you have something on the line. There's something to hold up after the game and something to, to celebrate around. Yeah, you look at all these trophies – these trophy games, it it is crazy um, how many there are. Have you ever heard of the Illibuck Trophy? No. Illinois and Ohio State. Really? Never heard of it before. No. Uh, how about the Bayou Bucket? I assume something to do with LSU or Louisiana. Houston and Rice. Wow. The Bayou <laughs> City that I used to live in, you mean? Houston, Texas. And the Holy War, <laughs> which we all know is BYU-Utah. They don't show that there's an actual trophy they play for. I think they were playing for that Deseret dual thing. And it was not only football. I think it was between all of Utah sports and all of BYU sports and who had the most wins at the end of the year. Yeah, so I I, I don't know. There's so many of these that you would never – I mean, you might think that they're rivals just because of their proximity, but they're not conference games, you know, so they, they, still, they still play against each other. Like, here's a great example, and Matt – you're going to love this. Kentucky versus Louisville. And they play for the Governor's Cup. Yeah. You know, that, that, that is a game that's it's a non-conference game, but it's still a rival game. And hate. And hate. There's hate involved in that. Yep. It, you have to wonder, like, Dick Buckus years, Red Grange years, even maybe Ohio State and Illinois were the top dogs in the Big Ten back then. And now we didn't even know they had a trophy. Well, here's a crazy one. Did you know Iowa and Nebraska have a trophy? I think that's a new manufactured corn one or something. I thought the same thing. It's called the Heroes Trophy. Started in 1891. Really? Interesting. They've played for it 52 times. Wow. So it's those kind of things that they were in the same conference all those years, but they just their proximity and their their you know they share borders. And I wonder if that's almost a manufactured one too, since now Nebraska is obviously in the same conference. They, and they probably brought it back. But they're also neighboring states, and you would think they'd have to dislike each other. I mean, that's why I dislike Nebraska, and we're not even close to the population of Nebraska. But you see them come over here to Walmart and Target, and it's just like, go away. If Nebraska's so cool, by all means, go away. I saw a post on Twitter yesterday that was hilarious. Um, hey, anybody in Cheyenne know where the best place to go watch the Huskers volleyball game is? And I said, yeah, Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> go watch the Huskers game somewhere else outside of here. If Nebraska's so cool, see ya. Because it ain't cool. I went to college there. It's awful. Not in Lincoln, but it's awful. So I, I hate Nebraska. Can't Here's a very unique name for a trophy right here in our own conference. The Ram the Ram Falcon Trophy. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Took a lot to Boy. put that together. It's mm. ugly, too. The ugliest tro- trophy I've seen is the Land Grant Trophy between Michigan State and Penn State. It looks like something that would be in the corner of your grandma's living room with a couple of, like, trinkets on it. <laughs> it's really bad. I mean, of course, Wyoming CSU has a very cool one, and there's awesome. a lot of meaning behind it with the bronze boot. Arkansas LSU play for the golden boot. boot. Yeah, it's just their states put together on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would argue the bronze boot's amazing. Obviously, it's something we grew up with that we absolutely love and and want to keep that in Wyoming. But as far as trophies go, I think Jim Bridger's rifle is right there at the top. 
I mean, that's good stuff. I really wish that it was an original yeah. rifle from back in the 1800s, though. Wouldn't How cool, cool would that be? I bet there is one. So, like, they should get one from a museum and just do it right. Yeah. It's a great trophy. But it's in a museum for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> true, <laughs> true. doesn't need a bunch of punk kids running around the field with it. Uh, Craig Ball had a funny anecdote this week about uh, an NFL GM hitting him up after a game going, um, I saw a picture of you. Why You were running around the stadium with a gun after the game? and. Didn't have any idea. Obviously, that's the trophy. I don't. I think using the word "running" <laughs> yeah. uh, lightly because the only time Craig ever runs is when he comes on the field. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed too. He keeps taking a quick left too and cutting through the band these days. He's got to check flying. that ticker. <laughs> He's not flying like he used to. Uh, but this is a fun game. I mean, it's one you look forward to. You had Josh Allen there for a while. Jordan Love. I remember when I started seventy two twenty sports. I went to the media. Mountain West Media Days in Las Vegas and Utah State laid it out, man. They had little heart candies and stuff that said Jordan Love for Heisman and reporter's notebooks and pins and all kinds of stuff. They were really, obviously Jordan Love's not going to win the Heisman Trophy, but it was cool. That had to feel really good for him to see how the school got behind him like that. And uh, I don't know. There have been some players, but every time I think of this rivalry too, Jared, the first two names that come to mind, Merlin Olson and Conrad Dobler. And I had the pleasure of, uh, of interviewing the meanest player, the dirtiest player in NFL history, former Wyoming Cowboy Conrad Dobler. And he loves telling the story about making Merlin Olsen so mad during an NFL game that he out, that he left the field. He refused <laughs> to play anymore because he's the nice Mormon kid, and uh, Conrad Dobler is not. Well, he's little little house on the prairie guy. <laughs> yeah, he was Father Murphy and had the uh, gravestone in the back that said, here lies Conrad Dobler. <laughs> you know you got under somebody's skin when they're doing that. So yep. that's the one that comes to mind. And I would bet people in Conrad's day and age and in, in Merlin Olson's day and age, maybe they do hate the Aggies. And maybe some fans on the west side of the, of the state really hate the Aggies and were really excited in 2003 or 2013, to see the Aggies join the Mountain West Conference. Um, for us over here on the east side, eh, not so much. I think we were all still kind of bummed that, you know, BYU and Utah are gone now. That sucks. So. It does, and I think even more so in basketball because it was always an every-year deal you got to see. Back in, you know, the early Mountain West days and, the, of course, WAC era, Yeah, you get you go down there, you'd watch a Thursday and a Saturday game. Yep. You'd see two games in a weekend. Absolutely. And probably do your shopping on, you know, from the fans from that side of the state and Salt Lake and, yep. and then come back. I yep. mean, what a great weekend to look forward to every single year. I actually did that one weekend except for we had to ditch we had to decide which one to go to because it was the Olymp- the Olympics were going on and, you know, hotel rooms were brutal and uh, we said, "Let's go to the BYU one." And of course, that's a game Wyoming lost and then on Big Monday they beat Utah and Salt Lake City, which was something that didn't happen all that often. So, of course, we missed that game. But uh, got to see the Marriott Center, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, the last that might have been the last time I've been in the Marriott Center, too, and I've made several trips there. But I don't ever want to go back to that place either. Nope, I'm good. And I would argue maybe Utah State and Wyoming on the basketball courts maybe been a little more testy. It's definitely been chippy at times. Yeah. And, I mean, that arena is great for basketball. Um, I actually did work there for a year, unfortunately. <laughs> I forgot about that. But that basketball arena is actually pretty cool, and that student section gets going. And that's a call-out to Wyoming student section because Wyoming student section has fallen off in the last, you know. Two decades for sure. Really, yeah. Since the Josh Davis days. They need to come back. Yeah. Um, and I know there's all those different things to do, but if any time you're going to jump on board to do it, 
come again this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of that, here's your favorite subject. You know how many you know how many posts I'm seeing online saying can't make it to the game Saturday. Oh. I'm selling my tickets. I've Who seen so many posts and and the people that I know that live close too, because I've even seen some from former players. And yeah, I know that they have little kids and it's late at night. But how about you come with your buddies? <laughs> I mean, just fun. just ask the wife. Say, hey, can I go at least instead of us trying to sell all of them? Am I am I crazy that when I would hear an announcement that said game time seven forty five, I'd be like, sweet, because I'm going to be in the parking lot at seven a.m. Well, noon now. Well, is are the rules? Yeah, but anyways, but. Now I have all day long to get it on. Or in even if you're lot. not in the parking lot. I mean, maybe you're at Dickie's yeah. right here, you know, tailgating yeah, all day long. Yeah. Or somewhere else having libations. Yeah. And maybe you do start early, then go take a nap, then come back. You know, whatever. And the weather's great. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's 50s. It's going to be a little chilly, but it's not cold like no. the championship game or past CSU games or past Air Force games. I mean, those, those have been some really cold games. Really cold. Yeah. We have got to be very grateful for the weather we've had this fall. Absolutely. I mean, knock on <laughs> yeah, wood. Yeah, those cold, look at the clouds. Yeah, Jared. the clouds are rolling in, <laughs> um, and it's supposed to be rainy and snowy on Sunday. But, I mean, for it to be October 22nd, we haven't seen any snow yet, and we haven't even had a freeze in Cheyenne. No. Laramie's been below 32 a few times, but nothing has been hard, you know, hard freeze. No. I mean, be it's grateful. Perfect, man. And so celebrate good. it. Yeah, absolutely. And what better way to celebrate than fall football in Laramie? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's what I did every fall. And a I team with a winning record. Yeah. It's not like they're the Vic Coning era. Yeah, and a chance to do something really special here, which I'm going to get into a little bit of a crazy prediction here at the end of the show. But, um, yeah. Is that something you didn't tell me about? Yes, <laughs> okay. it is something I didn't tell you about. So if you have any crazy predictions, think about them now. <laughs> uh, by the way, we are at Dickie's Barbecue Pit, 2410 Grand Avenue. Come by. We do have a few tickets still to give away. Come have some brisket, some beer, and come hang out, say hi, grab some tickets. This is going to be a fun game tonight. Utah State rolling in on a two-game winning streak. Both Mountain West wins. One against Air Force at home. Went on the road last week. Beat CSU in Fort Collins 17-13. The big question coming into this one, Jared, who is Utah State's quarterback? Wow. Uh, sources are telling me it will not be Levi Williams, that uh, the former Wyoming Cowboy will not be under center tonight. Cooper Lega, who's started the majority of these last few games after uh, Logan Bonner was lost for the year, which is his career is now over with a foot injury. Cooper Lega suffered a concussion last week at Colorado State. Also hearing he's probably not going tonight. That leaves us with Bishop Davenport. You're reigning Mountain West Freshman Player of the Week after going 3 of 9 for 41 yards and 11 rushes for 29 yards and a touchdown in that win over the Rams. If I was the conference office, I would have just not <laughs> given one this week. <laughs> we or, one this you week. know what? Make up something. <laughs> I mean, that's embarrassing, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So, Bishop. I wonder how he got that name. <laughs> He's actually from Spring, Texas. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, actually, looking him up, really good, uh, really good high school quarterback. He was the District 14-6A, which is their highest classification. Offensive MVP at Spring High School. He's 6'2", 180 pounds. True freshman, three-star kid. Uh, threw for 7,433 yards in his prep career to go along with 77 touchdowns. I did watch most of that Aggies-Rams game when he came in. Looked confident. Threw a couple of bullets. He They weren't on target, but he definitely has an arm. He can definitely throw, and he's athletic. So 
but you, you can't make up for for having zero experience. I mean, this is a really tough draw for Bishop Davenport to come into Laramie, Wyoming in a night game in a rivalry and it's tough. That's a tough draw for them and and they they went from having way too many quarterbacks in the stable to having none. I mean, I think this kid could be good, but he's a true freshman. Last week was the first college experience of his life. And he did bring him back to beat Colorado State, but it is Colorado well, State. Well, and, and Colorado State was starting a true freshman yeah, as well from right. Johnstown, I believe. Yep, yep. And they both looked like deer in headlights. <laughs> I mean, it's hunting season, folks. But, uh, I mean, I watched part of that game, and it, it was brutal to watch. That's it how was. bad it was. And those two quarterbacks were scared, you know what, the entire game. Yeah. And um, with a whole week with the number ones under his belt, maybe it's going to be different tonight. But um, I would I would guess that Savell's got some packages um, dialed up for the, this evening for this poor little freshman. Yeah. Well, and Logan Bonner, you thought, man, Utah State's got their starting quarterback coming back from last year. He threw the ball all over the yard. Uh, if you only watched Utah State once last year when they played Wyoming, that was not indicative of what Logan Bonner did last year. He absolutely gutted teams. And, uh, you know, he's a quarterback who had five years under his belt, came over from Arkansas State with Blake Anderson, and was really good. He, of course, has lost for the year, but... Consider this, Jared. Their offense averages 19.9 points per game. That is brutal. And while, that was with experience. While giving up close to 32. Yes, exactly. Which is 10th in the Mountain West out of 12 Yeah, teams. which, I mean, both bode well for the post tonight. But you look at Bonner's stats before he got injured. Completion percentage was pretty good. 62 of a buck 10 for 753 yards. But he only had six TDs and he threw eight picks. Oh, his turnovers were... Unbelievable, and yeah. McGaw comes in, throws five picks as well. And yeah, and and um and Levi, he did get hurt. You know, hurt that ankle, or I think some yeah, even call it a, a heel too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, he just did not look mobile at all with that injury. No, and, um, he couldn't even put weight on his right foot. And if he were to be um, dressed out tonight, I could see them if they get down in the the red zone that. They would try to get him a touchdown, you know, yeah. type of a deal. But obviously, we've we've heard that he's not going to be able to go. So if we do see him suited up tonight, it'll be a surprise to both of us. Yes, it will. Yeah, as you can see here, Utah State quarterbacks have combined for 11 touchdown passes, 13 interceptions. They're also the most penalized team in the Mountain West Conference. They have the worst time of possession in the Mountain West Conference as well. That is not something you really expected out of Blake Anderson's offense coming into this year. I mean, they still have a lot of weapons on this team. And you know, Craig Bowl likes to grind it out and get that clock on their side to keep that defense on the yep. on on the sideline as much as they can. So there's a lot of negatives going against the Aggies going into tonight into tonight's game, but yeah. that's why they kick it off and play the game because yep. you never know what's going to happen once that does happen. Here's a couple other stats that stuck out to me, Jared. They are 11th against the run in the Mountain West. They're giving up 186 yards per game. They're also giving up the most third down conversions in the Mountain West Conference, uh, like you just said Craig Bull likes to grind them out. Titus Swin also likes to run against this team a little bit, so we will definitely talk about that a little bit on the other side, as well as Andrew Peasley lining up against his former teammates. Got his thoughts this week on that. Also, we'll give you the uh, injury report for the Wyoming Cowboys. Who's playing, who's not playing, but really excited for this game because of what it can mean down the road especially. You can't overlook this game, and they won't. Uh, they've had two weeks to sit on this, two weeks to prepare for a true freshman quarterback, oh, by the way. So really excited for what this could mean. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. 
Welcome back to the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by Dickie's Barbecue. Stop in or order online at dickies.com for your tailgating food today. We are at Dickie's Barbecue Pit in Laramie 2410 Grand Avenue. Come have a beer, some brisket, and we do have a few free tickets still remaining for tonight's game. Wyoming Cowboys, Utah State Aggies kickoff set for 7.45 p.m. The game, if you're at home, the game is on FS2. <laughs> well, a lot of people probably don't even know where FS2 is on their dial, so they might as well be here and yeah, hire me. Just get here, for crying out loud. 7.45 is perfect time. What a great way to end a great, especially weather-wise, homecoming week. Yeah. I mean, it started out earlier this week, and then, you know, there was Giving Day. Mm-hmm. And then um, Thursday night, there was a, a tribute to Steamboat out at the Rodeo Arena, which is something new this year, which was really cool, I've heard. Um, I didn't get a chance to make it, but I've heard it was really cool. And then, you know, there's soccer, there's volleyball, and then the parade, the cowboy coffee, all that stuff. Yep. That was today. Wrestling's getting going. Yep. All kinds of stuff going. Cowgirls volleyball team's winning on the road. <laughs> they haven't had a very good time in Laramie, but they're winning on the road. They've had a rough start to the season, but um, yeah, they're starting to get hot when it matters, and yep. it's conference season. Yep. Swimming's underway, swimming and diving. Everything seems to be going cross country. was just in Stillwater, Oklahoma. All and kinds of stuff. Going. Wyoming hosts the Mountain West Championships, um, cross country championships next week Is at next, Jacoby. Yeah, next week? Yeah. Okay. Yep. All kinds of stuff going on. So get out to Laramie. It is homecoming for a reason. Come home. Don't cry about 745 starts. Come home. Have fun. That's even more time to hang out with people you went to school with and have a good time. I don't I don't get it, man. You go to the parade. You drink some beer. You come to the game. Put some Jameson in your coffee. Your <laughs> cowboy coffee. <laughs> Act like you're still in school. Isn't that what homecoming is? Well, I've seen a few people stumbling around that (laughs) were like my era, and they're definitely acting like they're still in school. Uh, Yeah, my era was the last without cell phones, so uh, I think that's killing student sections all over the country. I'm ready to turn it up here in about another 30 minutes when this show's (laughs) over. I'll I'll guarantee you i got some catching up to do. Well, there was some more good news this week. The Wyoming Cowboys picked to finish second in the Mountain West preseason media basketball poll. Graham E.K., your preseason player of the year. Uh, Hunter Maldonado also got some some votes there. He joins E.K. on the All-Mountain West first team. They are the only two teammates on that team. They got that one right, didn't they, Jared? They did. <laughs> but at the same time, sometimes it scares me because anytime the pokes are picked up towards the top, it just makes me nervous because <laughs> they don't perform like everybody thinks they should. And, I mean, this conference is tough in basketball. We all know that. I yep. mean, you always have to deal with San Diego State. You have to go to the pit. You have to go to Moby. You have to go to UNLV where the Pokes haven't won in, in Cody's generation. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you know, I mean, it's it, it's a tough league in basketball, Utah State. Uh, and you always have to deal with those pesty Falcons down in Clune Arena. Yeah. It should never be that close, but it always is. And I think San Jose State will be that pesky team this year. And with the transfer portal, I mean, you look at San Jose State, they lost their entire roster, but they have a more than likable coach in Tim Miles, and you know that guy can recruit. He's bringing them in, and they got some. They have some international flavor. They got a couple of big guys. I think San Jose State might be a little bit of a thorn. They were picked to finish second to last, but uh, that's just because they haven't proven anything. And you would think, and, and Graham E.K. was asked this during Mountain West Media Day yesterday, um, hey, I mean, you got to be feeling really good. Justin Bean's gone. David Roddy's gone. Armis at Boise State's gone. We're, I, ju- we're just going to learn new names. Isaiah Stevens is out for the foreseeable future yeah. with an injury. Oh, yeah, and he made first team all Mountain West. That, of course, is CSU's point guard, who I believe has a foot injury and will miss potentially the entire year. Uh, and that's a huge loss for CSU, who was also uh, watching David Roddy play in the NBA now. Um 
really good players, but, you know, EK said, I don't worry about the guy I'm going up against. I'm worried about me and what I'm doing. You know, there's no more Orlando Robinson as well, but we're going to find out new names. That's the whole point. EK's the old guard now, which is so bizarre because technically he's still a sophomore. And transfers, you know, they're all they're spattered all over the league. I mean, Wyoming has three of them, but every other team has transfers from other schools in the West or wherever they may have came from. And some of them are been mentioned for newcomer of the year yeah, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's every year in hoops, you're going to have to learn new names, no matter what. Yeah. It's not just because of JC transfers. It's because of the actual transfer portal. Yeah. It's going to, it's just going to get worse too. Unlike Craig Bowl though, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Linder actually puts names on the back of the Jersey. So you can get to know them and you can see their face. <laughs> I still don't think that's that big of a deal. And I don't either. He, Craig does it for a reason. It's because he doesn't want to individualize things. He wants it to be a team, which is fine. He won't even let a player wear number one. But it also, you know how much more money that costs the program yeah. to put on 100 uniforms? You know, 99 <laughs> numbers or 98 hour many are available because one's not and 58's not available. You know, things yeah. like that. Uh, it costs a lot of money to have those sewn on the back of those jerseys. Not only... You have to have two sets of jerseys, home and away, and then when they wear the gold jerseys, that's a third set. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into that, and Wyoming doesn't have the budget for that kind of stuff, and he uses it more wisely for recruiting or for maybe it's more for the training table yeah. or whatever it may be. So I don't care about that. Mad Dog would have loved this working under Craig Bull, you would think, because of stuff like that. Instead, he got to work for Dave Christensen on <laughs> in his latter years who had how many uniforms? With how many names and how many helmets, and I don't even know where they put that stuff. Too many. <laughs> so, of course, San Diego State picked to win the conference. Speaking of transfers, speaking of uh, San Diego State, what they have that a lot of college basketball teams don't have, and Wyoming has it as well, is they're old. And you're not going to see a lot of old college basketball teams anymore. It's just not going to work that way because of the portal, because guys are entering the draft early, guys are going over to Europe early. Uh, so, you know, Hunter Maldonado, six years. He, I, I talked to him the other day, and I was like, you realize like you were a few months away from being here for three presidents now. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Literally, a few months away from being at the University of Wyoming through three terms, of pre- three presidential terms. <laughs> it's been a minute. That's, that's Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but, uh, you know, and, and Maldonado, of course, tested the NBA waters this year. Uh, what a huge, you know, talking to him, his calming presence and just what he does. On the court and off the court and just his workman mentality, I mean, he is worth his weight in gold to this program. And talk about a guy, I I can't help but think about this, Jared, every time I, and I probably drive him nuts because I talk about it every time. He was in that arena when that place was nothing short of a morgue. And I did write about it when, when Coach Edwards was here that, there's more entertainment going on in the cemetery across the street than there is in this building. And, and that's how bad it was. It was really bad. So he's been here through that. You think this means a little something to him that they're coming back and they're picked to finish second and they're receiving votes for the AP Top 25? Yeah, and that hasn't happened in a long time preseason. And the, this just has everything set in front of them to be such a special year. Yep. And, I mean, if you don't have your tickets yet, they're very, very inexpensive for season tickets. They're $250 a ticket. That's a lot of games of nights and weekends of yep. entertainment for you and your family. And it will Get be out and support this team because there are going to be some games that's going to be a hot ticket, and you're going to look at getting a individual or single-game ticket, 
and you're going to be up in the nosebleeds, and guess who's going to be the first one to complain about it? You are. <laughs> you are. <laughs> so get your season tickets. There's some in areas that you don't have to be a Cowboy Joe Club member, all that kind of stuff, and it's just so worth it. And because I'm guessing you're probably the same people out there, and I'm, yes, I'm talking to you. You know who I'm talking to, <laughs> that complains about it when they're not very good. Yep. And you probably dropped your season tickets. Maybe you had them at one time. Well, I'm never going to have them again. That's just such a waste of money. Well, I bet you you're, want your same tickets back that you once had. Yep. No, this team, you know, and and from the inside, talking to these guys and being face-to-face and sitting down with them, their demeanor is unbelievable. They really are. They're so mature <clears> beyond their years. They're so – not that Wyoming football team's not, and not that they're not fun to talk to and very respectful kids because they all are. I, I'm not even – BS, and I would tell you if I didn't like a player or if they sucked as a human being. They don't, but this basketball team is full of really good human beings. They're really focused, and they're really, really tight. And, and that trip to Greece in the offseason, you have to figure, only made them tighter. And then you hear Jeff Linder say stuff like, I don't think anybody in the country can guard Graham E.K. A coach, why would a coach say that? You're just putting a bullseye on the kid's back. He said between him and Drew Timmy at Gonzaga, Nobody can guard those two. Those are the only two he said in the country that are unguardable. And he's hearing that noise from other people as well, scouts and yeah, things well, and like Arizona's that. Arizona's coach, who yeah. he's good friends with, told him that. Yeah. But coaches don't say stuff like that. Could you imagine Craig Bull saying something like that? <laughs> we have the best running back in the world. Nobody, nobody can, can tattle. Nobody can tackle touch this when, you know, yeah. yeah, so. Yeah, but um, I just, I love their demeanor. I love the way they are. I, I love, obviously, now. Jeff Linder mentioned the year he got here, he signed on the dotted line literally the day COVID hit and shut everything down. First thing he did was go down and recruit those Colorado guys and the best players that were left from that team. Quan Marble, Kenny Foster. By the way, Kenny Foster, that's a wild card right there. It is. Uh, Hunter Maldonado, Hunter Thompson. And having Hunter Thompson back, I mean, yeah, yeah, we all know he's not a post player. He never has been, and some people wanted him to develop into one. He can still come in at times and hit that key three or maybe two or three in a row. He's hard to defend out there. I think he has the prettiest shot on this team, and I think second to him is Kenny Foster. Yep. They have beautiful shots, and Kenny is a hard hat guy who's going to go in and get the ball, get loose balls, dive on the ground. Great player. Speaking of basketball, you do know they played today. The Cowboys no, played yeah. today at CU in a scrimmage. Now, these are those close scrimmages that nobody's supposed to know about, but they're always leaked. There's ne- never any film on them, yeah. even though they keep that internal. But they keep stats, but they don't really release those either. I mean, you might hear a coach say, yeah, like Linder might have a press conference next week. You never know. And he might mention about how somebody stood out, just like the Grease games type of a deal. But, yeah. and then, but this Saturday coming up, they do play UNC in Laramie. Yeah. But it's closed. So don't even think about trying to right. go, folks. But I tell you what, you bring up an interesting point because interviewing these guys the minute after they were selected for the NCAA tournament, all of them mentioned their game they played at Utah last year. That was a closed scrimmage that nobody was supposed to know about, and apparently they didn't play very well. And when they came out of that, it was a locker room talk, players-only type of thing. Where are we going, fellas? What do we want to accomplish this year? Because that ain't it. And Utah wasn't a very good team last no, year. No, So that really helped turn their season around is what happened in one of these games. So say they go down and get humbled by CU today. Uh, that could be a turning point kind of situation. It certainly was last year. So I, I just like this team. And one thing Jeff Linder didn't have during that first COVID year or last year was his greatest motivator and his greatest tool, which is the bench. Now he's got the bench in spades. He's got 11 guys, he said, who have played 10 minutes 
per game of college, or have scored 10 points in a college basketball game. Last year, he was lucky to have seven guys available at any given time. Right. And we're talking. We're not talking about guys who scored ten points in a just a game against Hastings College. We're talking about guys like Jay Kaiman who've played in a Final Four, and Ethan Anderson and Max Ogbongpolo who've played in an Elite Eight, and those teams have played against each other in the in the Pac-12. So you're talking big minutes, big points. They are loaded. I mean, think about it. Does you know last year it was Xavier Dussel and Brendan Wenzel splitting time? Uh, where where does Kaiman fit into that? Um, Odin played, he started a lot. Where does Ogbong Polo fit into that? Um, he's got a good problem to have, and he mentioned that yesterday. Yeah, I truly believe that this is going to be all based on matchups, on who's going to get the playing time. And, and of course, you got to have the hot hand yeah. at any given time, too. But you might see Maldonado at the point. You might see him at the 2-1 game yep. and let Noah run the point. Or Anderson around the point. I mean, there's going to be a lot of different matchups, and I don't think you're going to see the same starting five for 30 games this year. No, no, definitely not. And and last year, for all of you out there that griped and, and complained about how slow Wyoming's offense was and Maldonado having the ball going up to court so much, now the beauty is they can do that if they need to, depending on who they're playing. That doesn't have to be their entire offense, and it won't be. Uh, he's already let the cat out of the bag. EK is going to be roaming around the perimeter a little bit. And good luck to the big man who's going to be roaming around the perimeter with Graham EK at seventy two twenty. Oh, by the way. And he can shoot a little bit. And you know what that opens up, too, are some oops underneath yeah. for these athletic you know, wing players and things like that. Absolutely. And, and that you have to guard five guys out on the perimeter at any given time, too. Yeah. And I've mentioned this a bunch here, but something I love about Jeff Linder the most is he will – He's not stubborn. He's not like, this is my offense and we're going to run it and we're going to fit a round a square peg in a round hole. That's not, he said, hey, this is our best chance to win. Maldo and EK are going to touch the ball a billion times a game. And remember when he slowed it down against San Diego State in the Mountain West Tournament? That was their only shot of beating that team. And you have to love that about any coach that love it. will make adjustments based on their personnel and who they're playing. Love it. Instead of... <laughs> Someone who has been very stubborn for nine years <laughs> yeah, who are you talking about? on we're going to do this and we're going to do it my way no matter who we play. Yeah, yeah, for real. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing to watch. And something that Joe Tripati told me that was really cool, he's Wyoming's new offensive line coach. Um, I said, man, are these guys getting your system and, and, and things of that nature at the beginning of the year? And he's like, I'm learning what they know. It's easier for me to learn and then add some of my stuff, than it is to have a whole group of dudes learn a whole brand new scheme. Like, that was so smart and one of the coolest things I've heard out of a coach. Mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense. And I love that Linder does that. He's like, hey, what gives us the best chance to beat San Diego State tonight? We are going to slow it way down. Our best player, Marcus Williams, is not even going to play. And that's what he did. It was incredible, and they almost beat him. That team had no business even being in the same And that was on about 18 hours' notice. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, just, I, I really like him. He is an up-and-coming star in this in this business. And, uh, you know, he's great defensively, great offensively, great mind, analytics all the way. Good dude. And you'll probably hear me say this every time that we do this show that we talk about basketball. And you, the fans, are the reason that if Jen, Jeff Linder stays or not, too. Yeah. Every ticket bought, some of that goes into his pockets. He wants to see the atmosphere of what he has always heard what the arena can be. I mean, can Wyoming actually average maybe 10,000 a game this year? 
Should. Can you imagine what that would do in keeping him for another year even? Oh, yeah. We all know his contract was rolled over and he added this on. It doesn't mean anything, folks. No. These big schools come calling, they're going to buy something out. So it's up to you to make sure that somebody like this stays. It's really cool to hear the players, too. They say they walk by these murals in the hallways and they see these pictures of 2002 when, when they beat Utah and the crowd rushed the floor. And they look at those all the time and they just go, wow, that's what it could be. That's what we've seen in Laramie. It could be for women's basketball. And it's one of the loudest buildings I have ever been in. Even when it hits 10,000, it's not capacity. It is the noise goes straight up to the roof, right back down to the floor, and it is loud. That was one of the greatest sporting events I've ever been to when they beat Utah. Uh, One of the greatest, I'm not even a basketball guy per se, and that was one of the greatest sporting events I've ever been to. And then the WNIT was the same atmosphere with 15,000. It was, and it was probably more kids in there too. And it was just a different atmosphere, different demographic, but it was great for the state and great for the program. And there's been, you know, really just a handful of games since then. Mm -hmm. Uh, CU a couple times had some really good crowds. Uh, You know, of course, CSU last year was a great crowd, but nothing that's been consistent. I'd argue that they have a better crowd against San Diego State last year. Maybe we see a different outcome. It could be worth, what, five to ten points? Yeah, just that game, Tuesday night, weather. Right. I think it was Tuesday, but it was just brutal. Yeah, but, I mean, but that was the beauty of last yeah. year. There wasn't a lot of bad weather. Yep. So, we, you know, you always got to hope for that too, right? I mean, that's, that's a big deal. But if the weather is good and you're able and you want, you, you got to go. And that's the thing too. Go. If you start looking ahead, the schedule set, look for those weekend games to where you, especially if people who are far away, they can make a, a two-day, three-day weekend out of it. Yep. And you know, you never know. You might catch wrestling one day. You might catch the Cowgirls, even though they're not normally there at the same time. But you never know. Schedules are so wonky these days with yep. everything going on. Catch some other things going on in the area, too, and, um, and come in and watch this team. Yep. They're going to be fun. Uh, a lot of games on national TV this year, too, which doesn't always help the crowd, but well, you know, it helps – I even got friends in Arizona. I know you don't want to leave that state when it's in the heart of wintertime. You come up for football. I've seen you here in football. (laughs) You know who I'm talking about. So come on up for a basketball game this year. Uh, Yesterday, Jeff Linder also mentioned there's a new flop rule in the NCAA that was just passed. You flop, there's no more warning. You get a technical, and they shoot a free throw. And uh, he thinks that can be very beneficial. On the flip side, I think we're both under the agreement that Maybe Hunter Maldonado comes to mind as getting away with a few of those himself last year. But now there's going to be an emphasis on it. And it's, you know, EK's a huge dude. So still, I think we're still going to see some refs make some mistakes. Because EK's just a big, he's a bull in a china shop down there. He's way bigger than anybody he goes against. The good thing this is, is that it's only November when they start the, this rule. That they're going to let it play out. The refs will, you know, do their due diligence in November. So you're going to see a lot of ticky tack calls on this in November. December is going to start waning a little bit, and then once it gets conference season, I think it's going to go back to the way it was probably, because yeah. um, that's that's what you see a lot of these rules. Yeah. Um, but just. But at the same time, it is in the Cowboys' favor, um, just based off of stats yeah. of what we've seen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Graham E.K. is, what, number 26 in the country, averaging 3.3 fouls per game? That's not probably a list you want to be on, but it's not shocking. And some of those, he he knows better on some of those. He gets too aggressive. Yeah. 
And some you could also say, well, why did Dave Hall make that call? Or why did Vern <laughs> Harris make that call? Why did Randy McCall make – yeah, Randy McCall. Yeah, I'm calling him out. <laughs> we can't get suspended. <laughs> uh, Cowboys course opened the season November 7th at home against Colorado Christian. That is at 7 p.m. inside the Arena Auditorium. We only have a few minutes here left, Jared, uh, which we're known to do. Uh, Andrew Peasley, his return tonight against his former team. He's got to be excited. Uh, he's downplayed it all week. Uh, but you know he's excited for this game. His teammates really love him. I learned that at Mountain West Media Days talking to a couple of his former teammates. Uh, his coach, obviously, like I mentioned earlier, uh, said he squirted some tears when, when Andrew decided to go in the portal. So he is just that kind of dude. He's beloved. He's a one of the four team captains. He was voted a team captain early on. Uh, that's not normal. Um, so really looking forward to seeing how Andrew's feeling, what his emotions will be like tonight. He really doesn't know, so it'll be interesting to talk to him after the game. Also talked to Titus Swin this week. He said he utilized his bye week to not only get healthy, but to get mentally healthy. Dude hasn't even scratched the surface this year, and that's one of the exciting things about this team. Uh, a lot of guys haven't reached their potential yet. Titus is definitely one of those dudes. And if you recall, he had a 98-yard touchdown run against them last year and also rushed for, what, 168 yards on 15 carries? Uh, he's motivated, and he said expect something big this weekend. And rib injuries are no joke. I don't right. know if whoever has had a broken or a cracked rib or just a bruised rib, they are brutal. It's hard to breathe, and for him to have this extra time and to really get healthy, and I could just see that guy sitting at home by himself meditating or <laughs> doing <laughs> yoga, <laughs> doing all this kind of stuff and just getting ready to go because you can tell when he gets pissed off yeah. in a game. Yep. He puts his head down. He keeps those legs going. Yeah. Um, but and I just want to give a quick shout-out to Aaron Frude and Ross Crum, a couple of former Cowboys, for joining us on our 7220 Sports Weekly Picks this week. Yeah. And I just have to brag a little bit. I am in the lead. <laughs> I am tied with two other guys, but I am in the lead. I am in dead last. Don't ever gamble off what I do. Well, these are not against the spread, but you can kind of. <laughs> well, real quick here, uh, Cole Goodbow. Keontae Glinton, they're still out. Wyatt Eckler, who was injured on the first defensive play of the game against New Mexico, he is in. Emmanuel Pregnon and Will Pellisier, they are not on the depth chart, but two weeks ago, Craig Bowl said they will be ready to go. That sounds to me like a game-time decision. And we only have about a minute left, so I want to tell you about this crazy prediction that I'm sure you already see that might make some people a little upset. But Air Force, Boise State are playing as we speak. I think the Air Force Falcons knock off Boise State, give them their first loss in Mountain Division play. I think Wyoming beats Utah State, gives them their second loss in Mountain Division play. Wyoming, BYU, or Boise State tied atop the league. Then I think Wyoming rolls over Hawaii, rolls over CSU, and it all comes down to Boise State, Wyoming, in Laramie. Mid-November. Yeah, and looking at the picks right now, everybody picked Air Force but one person. Air Force's season's on the line. Yeah. If they lose to Boise State today, it's all over but the crying. So and They got their running game going again uh, yeah. this last week. You know, It was good medicine for them. Yep, I think they're going to be all right. Boise State does not have a good time with them. I also do not think Air Force is going to let their quarterback run like a deer. So I fully expect that. I think, I know I'm putting the cart way before the horse here, but I think if the Cowboys can win tonight, they can roll through these next few. That Boise State game could be rather large. So excited about that. Uh, this has been the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by Dickie's Barbecue Pit in Laramie and Cheyenne. The show is also sponsored by Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, Wild Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, and Warren's Repair and Towing. Thank you for joining us. For Jared Newland, I'm Cody Tucker. Stay tuned for Wyoming football next right here on KOWB.